And we're live. We're live. Awesome. Let me go ahead and share while we're on here. Same. Uh, Philip, make it public, please. Hang on just a second. All right. Awesome. Let me go ahead and share it as well. Ready now? Cool. We public? Yes, sir. Awesome. There we go. All right. Well, take two. Of yes, sir. Another important discussion that um, we kind of alluded to last time we were on the live. Um, and that's kind of why uh, millennials um, or majority of the millennial generation has left church. Um, mm -hmm. Or at least a lot of I mean, I know a lot of people that we grew up with, Caleb, um, mm -hmm. left church or left faith altogether. And um, I, I feel like it's a it's an important discussion to have because uh, I've talked to a lot of people that have left church and, and just, just like Justin said, and a lot of times um, it's just really the fact that uh, church people haven't had that. And uh, it's, it's really important to have a conversation. Um, I'll 100. Uh, Brother Victor Jackson put it this way, a dialogue precedes deliverance. You know, a conversation yeah. carries a lot more weight than um, some people give it credit for. Mm. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just go ahead and get started with the questions. Um, and, and brother Justin, I guess you can, you can, you can kind of kick us off with, uh, with an answer. So uh, let me, let okay. me, let me just ask you, why do you think uh, most of our generation has left church? So I think that that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> when we, when we, um, when we first of all, I just want to make sure that we give a little bit of definition to millennials, because my my view of this is is not just necessarily those who are in their mid to late twenties or uh, kind of like you know us through here, yeah. but the millennial generation actually goes up to people who are around the age of forty. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we were coming up in our churches. Those were the teenagers and the 20 something year olds, lower 20s, when we were coming up, you know, at four or five years old. Uh, and then coming all the way down, you know, to, to us, we're kind of at the, the tail end of the millennial generation. And what I noticed is, you know, um, there's there's several reasons. And, and I've, I, as I was alluding to, when I, me and Philip were talking before we went live is, um, you know, I noticed a few things. Number one, I, a lot of people were wounded um, by churches, especially when we're talking about church cultures that don't necessarily promote a lot of pastoral training, which unfortunately is a lot of churches. They don't promote pastoral training, meaning that your pastor is someone who not only hasn't been trained theologically, to really have a good grasp on scripture, but and they also don't have any training in pastoral care. So, you know, uh, you'll hear uh, a lot of pastors or ministers, you know, blasting people over the pulpit and preaching about people in their sermons. I've been know. a victim of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I've been a victim of that. We started starting early, huh? Yeah, we so. starting early tonight. <laughs> yes, sir. So, you know, you have situations like that, um, you know, uh, or situations where we don't necessarily give 
the people enough race. Um, so I think that, that is a part of it. I think another reason some people have had issues where we don't uh, answer, where, and when I say we, I mean the church uh, or ministries sometimes don't answer questions. Um, and I think that's a very dangerous place to be where we are so close-minded and afraid of expanding and even answering some questions because some questions that people ask, we don't necessarily have uh, an easy verse to just go say, well, the Bible says, like some things you actually have to take your time and think and research and pray about. And that's a scary thing if you're religious. So um, I think that that is another uh, area. Uh, I think another reason why uh, some of them have left is because they saw their parents living one way at home. And then when they came to church, they were another way and when you preach, like most churches do, uh, almost this idea of perfection when you are saved, that you are no longer in need of the forgiving, the forgiveness and grace of God, uh, I think that that is another reason. And I'll stop here so we can keep the conversation going. I think another reason is simply because people have watched people do and say things um, on various different levels and topics and never come back and say, hey, we were wrong. Hey, we messed up. Hey, we missed it. I'm sorry. And if we can't apologize, I think that that is another reason why some people have left because there are just certain humps that they just can't get over. Last one. I, actually, I got one more. I do think, just to tag onto that question thing, there are some that have left because they, um, you know, they have decided that Christianity is not for them. Um, and then the, the other one that I don't want to, I don't want to th completely throw off on the church. I do think that there are some people who left and it had nothing to do with anybody else. They just didn't want to be Christians. They just didn't want to do what was necessary to be a part of their ministry or, you know, they just, they just didn't want to do it. They wanted to do what they wanted to do. And that wasn't church. And so I don't want to make it seem like everyone that left was the church's fault or responsibility, even though that is a good portion of it. But there are some people that to be fair, they just want to do what they want to do. Yeah. 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 For sure. I like what you alluded to um, about uh, that sometimes the church has failed to answer questions. And that's one big thing about our generation is we love to ask questions. We like to, uh, we don't yeah. like to do stuff. We like to understand why we're doing what we're doing. And right. I mean, I'll, 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 I guess I'll kind of give this example, you know, uh, in, in my parents' generation, my, and uh, my parents' parents' generation, uh, sometimes sewing involved using a needle and a thread. You were just sitting there with your right. hands, you know, and then along came the sewing machine. And everybody was like, why are we still using a needle and thread when we can just use the machine? Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's kind of like our generation. We're like, why would we use the needle and thread when we can just use the machine? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, we, we like to work smarter, not harder. We like to understand why we're doing something versus, you know, hey, let's just let's just go with this with this route, you know, the easy route. So absolutely. I, de I definitely like how you alluded to that, because you know, there's a lot of important questions that um, people have had. To you know, in, in in all aspects of life and in all kinds of churches, you know, there's people that have had many questions that just need to be answered. Sure. 
you know, obviously you don't have to have the answer right then, right there, you know, but it, it'd be nice if, if there was some consideration into people's um, curiosity into certain subjects. Yes. And not just giving answers that you just kind of pull out of thin air. Um, yeah. Because sometimes it's almost better to say, I don't know, than to make up an answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that that's one thing that uh, we've probably all seen uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> so, Caleb, I'll go ahead and pass the question on to you. Uh, why, do you, why do you think a lot of the millennial generation has left church? Um, like, like Justin said, that's a loaded question, super loaded question. And we're, we're, we're going to unpack it. We're going to unpack it here in a, um, and with the subsequent questions here. Um, but for the most part, uh, honestly, church has – how do I say this without sounding like a terrible person? Um, well, in a sense, church has – has really messed it up for themselves. Okay. Like Justin alluded to earlier, not all things are because of not every, not every reason everybody leaves the church is because of the church. Yeah. But for us, we cannot sit here and say that the church has not had a hand to play in it, had a hand to play in it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of people left because they felt they didn't feel like they were being cared for. Um, they treated the church, the church that they went to was treated more as a exclusive club, more than a hospital, which it should be. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people felt like if they can't get that help at church, then they feel like God doesn't exist and, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So they just end up leaving, period. They don't they don't find another church. They just end up leaving the faith completely. And honestly, I think that that's one of the big reasons why a lot of millennials are just saying peace out um, and leaving the church of, you know, the church of God, because um, they just don't feel like they can get what they need from the church because of how callous the church has been at some some point in times. Um, yeah, that's honestly, I think that's one of the big reasons. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess both of both your um, examples kind of lead us perfectly into the next question. And why is church hurt a thing? Mm. Why, why, like, that, that's also a loaded question. But <laughs> why is that a thing? You know, I mean, yes, yes, there's bad apples in every bunch, including uh -huh. pastors, you know, ministers, whatever. There's bad apples in every single bunch. But why is church hurt a thing? Justin, I'll, I'll pass it to you first. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try to be quick because I can tell Caleb's ready for that one. <laughs> 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 uh, man, so 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 church hurt is a thing. All right, so I, I, I'll 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 bring a couple of different angles on this, if I may. So number one, I think church hurt for some people is a thing because sometimes our generation is soft. We're, we are so sensitive to everything. We have no tenacity when it comes down to church. And I don't, I don't, sometimes I think when it comes down to the church hurt situation that maybe we're not fair because we will put up with worse things from other entities or people and not necessarily give that grace to the church. Now, I think that there's reasons for that, but I think that that does play a, a, a 
a part in it. Now, on the other side, the other reason the church hurt is a thing is because there are certain uh, things that come up that are done by uh, churches or people, should I say people in churches that are damaging to people um, and it's never addressed. And so it ends up becoming a thing. And I think that the reason we have a phrase for it is because there's been a trend of it. Mm -hmm. yes. If it was isolated events, we would not have the phrase church hurt. We'd be like, what is that? But when you say church hurt, everybody knows what you mean. Exactly. So that means that there's something within the culture, within the fabric of church systems that causes people to be damaged. Yes. So I think that that's why church hurt is a thing. Um, that that I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I like what kind of what you said at the end because, um, well, and the beginning, of course, because uh, our generation is is definitely um, soft. It can it, you know millennials can be soft majority of the time, and uh, it's it's. It's strange because the traditional church system, they tried bringing that into, into the millennial oh, yeah, generation. Oh, and the generation out. before Actually, really no, didn't I get it. corners, didn't uh, beat around the bush. You know, they didn't really, I guess, care about feelings. But millennials, that's all they care about is feelings, you know, emotions. Uh, and, and that's one of the main so, yeah I like I like what you said there so Caleb I know you're eager to answer this question so why is why is church hurt he's jumping at that bit um, so one of the biggest reasons why church hurt is a thing is because we our generation and I could say that probably the generation prior to us has become very self-aware about what affects no I didn't no I didn't um, so so and did you give your so opinion our parents generation and the, our parents' generation and the generation before that, they weren't aware of what affected them. More, more so because mental health and psychology wasn't really that big of a thing back in those days. Uh, mental health was in its infancy, you could say. It was in its infancy back in the day. And they, they were still trying things um, to, they're trying to figure out things. The scientific method for mental health was at play when it was when it was um, in its infancy. And so um, our generation has become so aware and we've we've realized that some of the things that we went through um, while we were a part of Christianity and stuff like that, uh, we realized by going to therapy that it's actually trauma that we're dealing with. Yeah. And it's something that we have to work through. Um, with therapy and stuff like that. And so that's why I think that's why a lot of why church hurt is a thing. It's not because, you know, um, part of it is because, you know, uh, our generation can be kind of soft, but also it's because we are becoming more aware of what affects us and what damages us. And we're learning through the advances of mental health and through research, we're learning, we're learning, uh, the things that affect us, like if they're traumatizing and stuff like that. So we're, we're learning about our, our minds. We're learning about ourselves and we're, we're learning. We know how to identify behaviors that will uh, be damaging to us. 
for sure, for sure. I like that. Uh, and uh, I mean that. Um, I like how y'all's answers really, really lead into like the next questions and everything. So, what, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, especially is with what you just said, Kill. What do you think the church could do better, or even just us individuals do better? Because uh, we can't always rely on the church system to get everything right. Because no. Mm-hmm going to get everything right yes so what as individuals should do you think that we could do better to help others understand um why we believe what we believe um why we still um are in church why 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 we still love god and why we still follow god mm-hmm. um well i believe that we as so are you talking just us individually or us as the church you both. Okay. So as the church, I believe that it's simple. It's very simple. There are, there's going to be flawed people in every church. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's that, that is, that is standard. There's going to be people, hurt people, hurt people. And as I said earlier, the church is a hospital. Okay. Um, broken people come to church. It's, it's perfect. People are not in church. We get that. Yeah. What the church can do as a collective is that when somebody comes and says, Hey, something happened to me or this happened or this person said this and it really affected me. It really hurt me. The easiest thing the church can do is tend to that need because oftentimes what we have seen in the past and both of you, all three of us have seen it. What we've seen in the past is when somebody brings up their church hurt, Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes out of a church either church elder or whoever, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, well, uh, that was a person that hurt you, not Jesus. And it's like, duh, yes, that was a human that hurt you, okay? But that was a very dismissive way to handle that. And so when they tell people that, and the person that has a legitimate right, they tell them that that person feels dismissed. And as the church, we need to stop being dismissive when somebody comes to us with a problem because that leads to more and more damage. It leads to more and more issues. It's like me personally, I've dealt with church hurt all my life. And um, the thing that I realized was that people, if you don't take care of you, it's not going to get taken care of. Okay. And I believe that the church needs to put an emphasis on if one of the one of the sheep in your flock hurts another that needs to be dealt with Mm -hmm. it it needs to be dealt with and so that person that was hurt can see that the church is not going to stand for people being affected of people being hurt and affected Mm -hmm. um and individually i'd say we would just need to realize that hurt people hurt people and to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. But before we're able to get into that mindset, I believe that the church needs to stop being so callous and dismissive towards people's hurts and hangups. Absolutely. Absolutely. Justin, we'll pass it to you then. Um, so I'm going to dig into something that might be a little technical. Um, I think that in many, and this isn't every church, because see, I I I I have to address this in layers. I think that we sometimes coming from a a smaller church culture, um, and by smaller church, I'm gonna say probably 500 or less. You know, the small church, the average church in America, uh, some articles read is 75 
or lower. Some other articles say 30 or lower. So regardless of which there's, you know, um, smaller churches are simply considered 500 or less. My point being, we tend to have this attitude that mega churches are like the devil. We're, mm, while yes. we're trying to be one, right? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I've you never know. understood that. Never understood. I mean, we want more members, but hey, the mega churches don't. Don't. They're the oh, mega, those big churches. Mega churches now. They're <laughs> mega churches. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Like which way, you know? But but typically, there's this attitude that churches like um, to name like Elevation Church, yeah. or you know, me- ministries that are sizable, uh, you know, um, Lakewood or uh, Potter's House, like these large ministries, we kind of have the attitude that those ministries are, uh, you know, they're of the devil. But what we ignore is, in a lot of cases, that's where the young people went. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, if you actually look at their staff, you look at their worship teams, you, you look at their volunteers, you look at who's joining, you look at who they're baptizing. It's it's young people. So I think, you know, Transformation Church, all these types of places, like they're full of people our age, 30s, 40s, you know, um, and, and and even younger, you know, in going down to the teens of people who are actual actually part of the church. But what I've noticed that the difference between a lot of those churches and a lot of the other churches, especially coming from the South and, you know, like where, where we come from is that we don't have grace built into the fiber of our doctrine. That's right. That's right. So when legalism becomes a part of the structure, it not only affects the people that, attend our churches in the sense that they have to live according to this particular line of perfection, but it also affects the way that those who have been hurt by us judge us mm-hmm. because they judge us by our own standard. Yeah. True. So it becomes a matter of you said that you were supposed to be like this. You said that you were supposed to live like that. And so when you hurt them and you don't apologize, it it's not just a reflection on you as an individual because you said you don't do that with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So now it becomes a reflection on Christianity as a whole. It becomes a matter of, is what you believe real? But if we actually put grace into the fiber of what we believe and what we teach as far as the standard of Christian life, right? Then we give people grace to make mistakes. That's right. So I'm not as offended when I understand that you weren't lying to me by saying you were a Christian. That takes away a lot of the instances where we are accused as hypocrites when we make mistakes. Because no, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just a human. Um, So I think that grace needs to be involved. I think another thing that we need to do is we need to make space for people to do other things besides sing and preach and you know, take up the offering or clean the church grounds or cook some food. Like we have to make space. I feel like in many churches, going back to those same numbers, that 500 member or less church, uh, a lot of times we only have space for people who have gifts that work 
within your typical church service? Like it was such a big deal when 20 years ago, people decided that they wanted to add praise dancers into churches. And to be fair, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think it's, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but it's not wrong. But we made such a big deal of it. Like, oh my gosh, synchronized dancing in the house of God. Oh my God. Like we blast everything. We can't do anything new. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, we don't understand that what's tradition today was contemporary 50 years ago. That's right. Yeah. Say that, sir. You took that right out my mouth. <laughs> so I think that we have to make space for it. You know, we say things like, oh, we don't believe in motivational speaking. This is preaching. Well, what's wrong with somebody saying, hey, I'm not a preacher, but I have a gift of encouragement. Let me be a motivational speaker. Why can't God use them within a speaking gift without that being behind a pulpit? And why can't we endorse and celebrate that person's gifting without saying, you got a call on your life to be a preacher. Stop running from your calling, man of God. Why is it? that all of the girls have to fit into this particular mode. Why is it that? So I feel like there's a group of people who say, I love God, right? I follow Jesus. I just don't go to church because there's no place for me in the church. Yeah. yeah. That's a big one. That's, That's a, a yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I really think that we have got to be able to make space for people to express their gifts and be equally as endorsed by the mm -hmm. church as those who sing, dance, preach, and play. Um, so That's that so would be so what we, I think. We, and then the last thing, I think as individuals, maybe your church doesn't do this, but I've done this on my own. You can go back to people that you know don't believe or people that you know have left or backslidden, and you can go and have discussion with them, have dialogue with them, talk through them, and even make apologies on behalf of the church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what I've come to find out is that by doing that, I have good relationships with many of the people that quote unquote we would call backsliders, which yeah. honestly I hate that term. But it's a terrible term. A terrible <laughs> I term. Can't stand it. But it really is. And so that's another thing that we have got to do is we have got to start understanding that we don't have to be offensive to hold our standards. Exactly. For Thank sure. you. For sure. There, like, I can respect someone saying, and I used to wrestle with this. I, I really did. I wrestled with this. But I can respect someone saying that they are uh, a transgender woman, and I will address them as a woman. Mm -hmm. Now, if you would have talked to me two years ago, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. But where I am today, I will address them. Now, it doesn't mean I actually believe they're women. Mm -hmm. yeah. It doesn't mean that I believe what they're doing is right, but it does mean that I respect them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Respect, I'm is, huge. Huge. That's <laughs> respect is so huge. Yes. So that, that would be another thing. Right? Go ahead. I definitely feel like, the, like there's been a loss of, of respect among just people. Just yes. People. Yes. And, and I feel like they, they put so much emphasis on respecting just the ministry. Mm -hmm. Or your elders. Don't really, so good. They don't really harp on the respect for one another. Yes. Yet you have You're, people in yeah. ministry that say, hey, love one another, love one another. Everybody else will say, hey, I love you, or I love one another, but where's the respect? 
Like we, we can even go back to the discussion we had last week talking about politics and stuff. Where's the respect in that among church people? Mm-hmm. It's so crazy good. because like, um, I, <laughs> I'm not even going to call. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to call names, but I saw um, this page. Actually, it was today. Post something. Right. And they posted. Uh, 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 I want to be careful because I don't, I don't want I don't want people to be like, I know what you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But like they posted something. Right. I'll, I'll just give it a general, just a general. Type, type description they posted something and then here comes a church person talking about um a mask and like oh uh, uh the, the apostles and paul and silas they they wouldn't uh uh wear a mask because you know they had faith mm-hmm. the agenda <laughs> and then they'll call everybody else they'll call, <laughs> they'll, call, they'll call everybody else closed-minded they'll call them sheep for following the mask agenda or whatever and then all of a sudden there comes this disrespectful banter and and this is church people we're talking about mm-hmm. church, church people yeah go yeah. and add it on facebook about something as simple as mask and and there's and i i see not much respect being i mean uh i mean obviously this year a lot of interaction has been online uh due to mandates and stuff um, and, and there's almost like a loss of respect between people just because they have a difference of opinion. It's not it's not it's not sure. really a difference of doctrine. It's just a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, many people, Ooh, that's many, big right there. It's a big one. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no disrespect necessarily in the doctrine. It's just like, well, your personal conviction or your opinion. And then you want to try and force that on me. And then there's there's almost like a disrespectful banter, like I've like I've you know, alluded to. Um, that that comes because of just a, a disagreement, you know, and that's yeah. where a lot of dis- the disrespect comes from is just from disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you obviously, like we said last time, you can disagree and still love each other. You can you can disagree and still yes. respect, you know. Yes. And I think we have to have when it comes down to making space for people. Maybe we've only had space for people who are going to agree with everything we say as soon as we say it yeah, or believe everything we say. And I think maybe there's a space as well for people who say, hey, I believe this and that part, I don't see it yet or I don't see it that way. Yeah, And I don't know that we have enlarged the capacity of our minds and hearts enough to receive people who may have different ideas and ideals than we might have traditionally. And so we're not able to really grow um, numerically or relationally with people who don't necessarily, at least yet, share the same... Um, ideologies that we do. But that word, that one word that's so simple, but so important, yet. I, I know yes. so many people that just, they try to just jam their opinions and doctrines down somebody's throat and expect them to get it in a day. Um, and even, even, if it, even if it is a doctrinal issue, like you said, some people may not see it like that yet. Everybody has their own uh, their own growth process i guess 100 100 they have their own process they uh they catch things in their own timing and, and things are revealed to them um in their in their own timing. and mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people that that uh, a lot of church people i know i see get 
impatient with people because they don't see eye to eye on certain things that they feel like they should see eye to eye on if they're right. gonna go to the same church, you mm-hmm. know. And that that's yeah. actually that's actually yeah. something that's under under I feel like discussed is that some sometimes uh, people don't aren't able to catch onto something or believe something the way you believe it yet. Maybe you haven't taken the time to explain why. Right. Which kind of goes back to what we said earlier. You know, people have to answer questions that are asked because that curiosity will eventually take somebody else elsewhere. You know, right. And somebody, somebody will say, I have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. And it pulls them away from Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big I found, one. I found that in many cases uh, where people will say, hey, what about this? What about this? And we, you know, People have blown them off or just threw them off, and and you're absolutely right. They'll find someone else, or they'll research online and find their answer there. And it doesn't even necessarily It's not even necessarily accurate. Even oftentimes, historically, it's not accurate. For example, Christianity is the white man's religion. That is not historically accurate. Nope, not at all. But so many in our generation have grabbed onto that. And now we have the Hebrew Israelite movement, which they don't even know that they're a duplicate of the racist movement that birthed the KKK. They don't even know that. But, (laughs) you know, like these are the types of things that they're going just because they want an answer that makes sense. Because it's not even just enough to answer. Because I think sometimes we brush them off with our answers. But give me an answer that makes sense. Like for instance, um, you remember you remember when we were growing up, right? And if you had a a pressing question, um, and you asked a certain t- um denomination the question, and they didn't know, it was put it on the shelf. Or I knew you were going there. Yeah, it was put it on the shelf, or it was just pray for God to give you the revelation. Like, that is so dismissive, and so, yeah. as Justin said, it just brushes you off, mm-hmm. and it, it'll cause you it'll cause you to go look, not for right answers, just for answers. To something, yeah. Yeah, just some, somebody just says, hey, I got an answer, and it's, it's a terrible answer, but it's an answer, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. We, need to get, we need to get comfortable with saying, I don't know, and I will <laughs> go look. That's that's the part that I was yeah, I was like, but because I mean it's like when people say I don't know. Um, I know and in in uh, I remember in basic training this was just bred into us. Don't say I don't know. Mm-hmm. Say you're going to go find out. <laughs> and I feel like that's a big thing that a lot of church people should do is if you don't know the answer, well, first of all, why out. don't you know? Why don't you know the answer? Second of all, if you do, if you don't know the answer, I'm not going to judge you. I mean, I can't quote every single scripture off the top of my noggin as well, but. You can go find out, you know, yeah, it, absolutely. It can, because I, I remember um, um, someone that I call my little sister. Her name is Joni. Uh, her and I, we go back and forth about stuff in the Bible a lot. Like we just go back and forth, just bouncing ideas, saying this and that. Or like, did you, did you know this? And um, a lot of times uh, I remember one time we, we, were, we were talking about something specific. Um, and then we, we actually tabled the discussion because we were both just kind of like, I don't know. But we, we tabled the discussion, went, did our research, came back a week later and presented what we found and kind of came to a conclusion about it. And I feel like there should be a little bit more of that instead of just saying 100. You may not understand it, 
but just believe it. You know, that's such a cop out for not being knowledgeable in what you believe. Right. Yes. Yes. And I, th- I think that we have to be careful when we give people answers like like Caleb just said of, you know, just pray for the revelation or wait for the revelation. Because first of all, what revelation means is that something has been revealed or uh, it's become clear to you. Mm-hmm. So when I have a revelation of something, I can explain it. When, when I have a revelation of something, that means it makes sense to me now. But I feel like what we really mean, and I don't know that we know that we mean it all the time, but what we actually mean is keep coming to our church services and sticking around, and you're going to keep hearing the same thing said over and over and over. And over time, you're going to become socialized until it makes sense to you emotionally, even though you don't cognitively get it. Exactly. That's a big one because, I, I mean, yes, I know- sir. A lot of people be like, you know, uh, if you do a cartwheel and run around the church two times, God will work out your finances. And it, it, it breeds it kind of breeds people to just leave their brain in the car when they come right. church and just come to church and sit down and clap and maybe stand up a little bit and then mm-hmm. go home and it's just jump around, do back right. flips. Just happen. You know what I'm saying? So, Like even on that, that whole praising for money, you know, I have I have, I have yet to find where that's biblical. Like it doesn't make sense, and, and I really like. I feel like so many, so many people's prayer life, they wouldn't have if they understood principles of money. That's right. True. That that's not even the topic for tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like we'll discuss it. We can we can hit that another. <laughs> In fact, and it's so funny. Like this is what we're talking about is almost like the the trinity of the do not talk about that I've been told from when I was a kid. Don't talk yeah. about money. Don't talk about talk politics. politics. Don't talk about religion. And what have we talked about so far? Politics and religion. Money. And right. But they're right. necessary discussions because, like, me, me being young, I whenever I was told that, I would always ask, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Which a we lot of people... wanted to know why. Yeah, I want to know why. Why can't I talk about these things with other people? And as I grew up, I found out it's because people have such a difference of opinion that it becomes almost, you know... This, this, like, I hate you if you have a different opinion than me. Yeah, but right. it, it doesn't have to be that way because that's how it was in the previous generation. Mm-hmm. And we see what the we we see what the results are of that. Exactly. We see a lot of burn bridges. We see a lot of relational issues. Um, and 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 that's the reason why is because they just they cut off anybody that doesn't think like them, believe like them, yes. Yes. like them, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. And I, I, I kind of wanted to, to allude to what you said, Justin, about making spaces for, for different people. Um, I, I feel like a lot, also another thing is in church, many people have just give, give, given a space to those that have a ministry in the church. Right. They don't try to, uh, and, and this kind of goes back to what we talked about last week, they don't try to help people, you know, get into leadership in, in like government. They don't try to push people because like some people just have a natural gift in stuff like that. Sure. They have a natural gift in being a leader. And maybe they weren't called to be a pastor. Maybe they weren't called to be a Sunday school teacher. You know, uh, they, they, you know, you, you have your gift that God gives to you and you can use that outside of church for God's glory. That's right. God's and glory. you're still anointed. Exactly. You are still anointed if you're the CEO of Apple or if you're the pastor of a church. Philip, you remember that sermon Mike Todd preached that series? Who was the minister here? Yeah. I love that series. 
Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it's not it's not just the person on the stage with a mic in their hand. It's it's, it's everybody. The That's whole right. entire church. That's so right. It goes back to the it goes back to the Great Commission. Jesus didn't yeah. this is Jesus didn't stipulate who was to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He just said, go into yeah. all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That means at your job. That means at the gym. That means at church. That means reach out. Everybody. We, we, like, to, uh, we like to, as Christians, re- delegate the responsibility of outreach um, and uh, more like the super hardcore Christian stuff. We like to delegate that stuff to the pastor, the mm-hmm. pastor's family. Uh, the people in church that are doing too much, you know how we say, yeah, they're doing too much. We relegate it to them and we just come to church. We give our money and we sing our favorite song. Waymaker, miracle worker. And then we go home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the only one who started that song. Oh, don't get me started we, on every praise. Oh, every praise. I was like, I was about to go sing that tonight. What? Come on, <laughs> like, but the thing oh, is, man. is we 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 love be, we love to relegate that type of uh, stuff to certain people, and we just feel like we are not supposed to do anything, and that's wrong. We're all called to be ministers. We're all called to be yes, yes. Pre- yeah, you may not be on the platform. People like to say, well, he's a minister. It's like. Uh, Mike Todd showed up in, in his first sermon. He showed a picture and he said who it was a picture of some ministers and some people and like ministers and people. He said, who are the ministers here? And people picked out him, T.D. Jakes, Stephen right. Furtick. And he was like, you're wrong. He's like, everybody in that photo is a minister. Yes. Everybody in that photo is charged to preach the gospel just right. because the other folks don't have mega churches and don't have substantial positions of power within the church. Um, maybe missionaries does not mean that they are not charged to be ministers, to yes. minister wherever they're at, minister within their scope of influence. Because it doesn't matter how big or small your scope of influence is, every single one of us has a scope of influence, has people that looks up to us, has people that listens to us. And so, uh, so, we are that's why we are charged everybody we can't just say well it's the pastor and the pastor's wife's job and the kids job to do outreach that's why the most successful churches you've seen like the church i go to now is very very successful and it's not because it's just the pastor and his family doing everything it's because everybody is involved yes. everybody is working towards a collective goal everybody Absolutely. is ministering where they where they are at you know, it's 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 an everybody thing, not just the oh the evangelist job. Right. Sorry, I had to went on go went on a rant there. Sorry. Oh no 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 no, that's good. That's good stuff. You're good man. So, I guess I'll move on to the next question. Um, have either of you, at any point, thought about leaving church or leaving the faith in itself, and why? Justin, I guess I'll start with you. Um, so I'm kind of an odd case, right? I, I'd have to say no. I never have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and everyone's different. In my case, um, I, I got saved at a very young age. I, I vividly remember 
being three years old, begging to be baptized. Yeah. And I literally begged to be baptized for three years until they finally baptized me at six. If I could just share this testimony. I remember the day that uh, my pastor, which was also my father, came and said, all right, we're going to let you get baptized today after church. And we, we didn't have a pool at the church. We had a storefront church. So anytime there was a baptism, we would rent the pool from a local hotel. And I remember the day in 2001, I was going to get baptized after service. I changed my clothes and go outside and the clouds are out and the sun is gone. It is raining cats and dogs. And I remember everyone telling me, you're not getting baptized today. Looks like we're going to have to give it up. You know, I mean, it was a crazy, just crazy story. And I literally somehow held the whole church up. And I said, no, I'm getting baptized today. Like people are like, oh, you get baptized in that puddle. I'm like, no, watch. The sun is going to clear through these clouds. It's going to dry up and I'm getting baptized today. And literally after I said that, the sun came out, it dried up, and I got baptized that day. Awesome. And uh, that was when I was six. Another experience I had when I was six, I just remember being in a service, and at the end of the service, after I got baptized, um, I, we were just in that service, and I felt an impression to go to the altar. Six years old. And I went to the altar, and I didn't really know why. I just felt like I need to go. And I just remember having this radical encounter with God. That that's all I can explain. And it's just it's one of those things that has stuck in my heart. Um, you know, coming up in a charismatic church, you come to the altar a lot <laughs> for different reasons. There's only probably two or three times in my life that I can that I can say that it made a difference. Yeah. Or that I can even actually vividly remember. Um that was one of them. That was the first where I just knew, man, God just did something to me. Six years old and that experience has never left me. So the point I'm getting to is that coming up and seeing, having such encounters with the spirit and that just various other things that have happened over the years, losing faith has not been an option for me at all because it's literally been God speaking to me throughout the entire way and having a personal relationship with him that's kept me in the faith. Leaving um, church has never been a thing for me either because I've always had a passion for ministry, not necessarily always preaching ministry, but various aspects that I was serving in and for the church at large, I've had a passion and heart to see it because it is something that Jesus started. And so when I see the issues in the church, I don't think abandon, I think fix. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Awesome, Caleb. How about you? Mm, I'd say yes and no, um, and I'll explain why. Being in the military, um, being in the military is hard. Okay, uh, as y'all have probably noticed throughout your life, being brought up, all of us being brought up Christian. Um, <clears throat> Some people stay in church because of the peer pressure. Yes. They, if they leave church, I'm about to go into something else. If they leave church, they are ostracized by the church. They're treated badly. 
the church don't talk to them. The church talks bad about them. The church, the 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 people that they confided in, the people that they confided in, the people that they confided in, um, when they leave the church, they blast yeah the dirty laundry, the stuff that they that was so secret. Yeah. And and so people stay in church a lot of times because of peer pressure. I don't I don't what are they going to think of me? What are they going to say? Sure. For me, for me, I I've always had faith in God. I've always had faith in God. I've always believed God. My hang up was the church. I Philip, you know, I recently came out of a situation mm-hmm. where church hurt was real. The church hurt was real. Yeah. They would smile and shake your hand and say, we love you, blah, 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 blah. They, go gossip. And they would go behind my back and they would rip me apart. And I didn't know, I didn't know until my best friend told me, because I was speaking very highly of somebody in the church. And I, I didn't know. And he said, dude, they were saying X, Y, and Z about you yesterday. And it floored me. And so, and there's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's way more stories. But the thing is, is I wanted to leave the church and just have a relationship with God by myself. Because I knew God was real. I knew God was, was what was going on. It's just the people. It made it hard for me to walk through those doors mm-hmm. every Wednesday and Sunday. It made it hard for me to be faithful to a place where you know they hated you. Like it, it was not any, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. You know they hated you. And it was hard to just walk through those doors, put a smile on your face, and continue to be faithful. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say I was going to leave the faith, but I was for sure like I was that close to just not going back into a church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'd say um, that it's kind of similar for me. It's kind of a like yes and no type of thing. Um, I've always been a hard-headed person. Always. Yes, goodness. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, my parents know. I've always been a hard-headed person. Um, and I was, I've, been, I've always been hard-headed about faith. I, I never really thought that I'm just going to step away from it all, like step away from God, like because he's not real, stuff like that. Now, I have had to answer for myself, is God real? And I feel like that's a question that Christians should answer for themselves. Yeah, if, everybody has is to answer. Absolutely. absolutely. Is God real? And what situations in my life has God intervened? And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that was God. Yeah. I had to answer that question myself. That's that was kind of like the point where I was like, do I want to continue in church and faith or not? Uh, because it, it was just at that point where I was just asking a lot of questions about life. Like, you know, why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? Is God even real? That kind of stuff. And um, like you said, Caleb, you know, being military is hard, man, and especially being um, uh, a Christian and being military was was hard due to just the the incredible influence that the military has on you. You know, mm-hmm. people in the military. Nobody knows you, so you can do whatever you want. Exactly. Nobody I- is there to say, "I saw Caleb the other day at mm-hmm. at the bar." Nobody's there to see that. Yeah, yeah. Nobody. 
and that was a big thing. Like I never really thought about uh, the whole, um, if I leave, what would they say? Because honestly, I, growing up, I was always talked about. And looking back on it, I, I, I have a legitimate reason to be church hurt. You know, I have a legitimate reason because I've, I've, you know, I've been slandered from here to North South Carolina to Florida. Like my name, my name been everywhere. <laughs> Not in a good way. Oh, I can hey, talk about others. Let's be petty. Let's be petty. <laughs> but, but like that never deterred me from God. It just deterred me from certain people. And I was fair, like, okay, you can, you can talk about me, whatever. But I never let it, let it like affect me, like personally. Yeah. Um, everybody's not not the same way, and you know that's that's perfectly fine. But uh, that's that's at, at that point when I was just like, is God real? And then God at that moment showed me like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm real because you would have probably been here if it wasn't for me doing this. If it wasn't yeah. for me taking a person out your life, you would have messed up and did something like that, you know. And I'm like, that's that's definitely God. Now, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying like God prevented me from all hardship, you know. I don't, I don't want, I don't want people to think that, you know, just just because you're a Christian, you're gonna have a flowery bed of ease of a life. It's not necessarily the case. It's just the fact that through all of that, God's been with me, and uh, that's why, for me personally, I I never uh, really even went to the extent of just leaving uh, faith or even leaving the church. Um, because like, just like you, Justin, you know, I'm very passionate about ministry and everything. Um, I've been, I've been playing music since I was four years old. So music's a part of my life. I love it. Um, and I understand it's in our DNA. Yeah. I know. I understand yeah. the power that the music ministry especially has. And, um, I love my music ministry and, 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 and all the other, me, me personally, I like getting involved in honestly, just any and everything at church because of the fact that I'm reaching people with it. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm like, look, God's done this for me. He's made me happy. He's given me um, everything that I have. You know, he brought me my wife. He's brought me my ministry. He's brought me everything. And I'm just like, I'm happy with life. Yeah. I can share that happiness with other people. And yes. that's why I'm about ministry is because I just want to show other people like, yes, you can be happy. Yes, you're going to have some hard times, but you can still be happy. God's can, God can still be with you. And that's why me personally, I'm, I, I'm in, I'm in ministry. So, Amen. yeah, to, I mean, to answer that question, um, that's, um, that's what I would say. Uh, one, one of the comments from, from, from one of my friends, Joey, he said, walking away from God is not an option. I was not raised in church, but now that I have a relationship with God, walking away from the faith is not an option. I, I, I love that. Um, yeah. he has, Honestly, if y'all knew uh, Brother Joey's testimony, man, it would it would make you cry. Um, like um, he, he he like he said, you know, he was like walking away from the faith is not an option. It's 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 just inside of you, you know. Once once you know God's done something from you, like it's it's all it's like you can't really walk away. Yeah, from yeah, 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 yeah. Now, how how people treat you in church that's that's a, that's a different subject altogether, well, which is kind of what we're talking about. But um, the faith and you believing in God. Mm-hmm. that that stays that comes yes. from within and that's that a, comes from within yeah and that's a, but that's a big thing with the millennial generation is a lot of them are like well um i know god i believe in god i have faith in god but i don't really like church people. and so maybe we have to do more to ensure that the church is actually beneficial 
to spiritual growth and not just this social club where we come to and come and come and 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 stop equating spiritual growth to acting 60. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Trying to be acting deep. traditional, acting a throwback. Right. Cuz I think that in many cases it's like, oh, you're not allowed to be young because being young is being sinful. Being young is of the devil. Right. <laughs> like, no, because, uh, you know, the, oh, things I used to do, I don't do no more. No, things you used to do, you can't do no more. Like, come on, like, let's, let's get it right. <laughs> honestly, honestly, um, it's, 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 it's honestly great to talk about the, the tradition versus the actual church, because, I mean, think about it. Before this year, I guarantee you there was still some churches out there from like generations ago still saying like, I don't want them cameras and stuff up in the church. I don't want to be on the Internet. Nothing like that. See, it's the Internet. They're going to catch it in the web. (laughs) Hey, no, no, no. A lot of a lot of folks did not want to be on the Internet because they knew what they were saying was foolish. Yes. Don't they? Don't, don't call don't call them out now. <laughs> they knew they knew if it they well, I'll give an example. Years ago, y'all know what I'm talking about. There was a certain preacher who um <laughs> was preaching that marrying a white person and a black person marrying was wrong. This man Here we go. Here we go. This man went viral. <laughs> This man was even talked about on Young Turks. Yep. <laughs> this man was talked about on the news stations were calling him saying, hey, 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 so you racist? He's like, well, I'm not racist. I'll go buy a young black person a bicycle. I don't know what that had to do with anything. <laughs> but... <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> like... Like when I when I tell you when I tell you that pastor got dragged, he got Man. dragged. So you want to know what they did? They locked up their online live stream. So now you got to have a special code in order to watch their foolishness. But yeah, it's like only fans for church now. Oh man. Wow. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, dude. And another I give you another example. Um one of why wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> one time I gotta because you said that, I gotta I gotta say something funny. So one time <laughs> I'm talking to this church person and and they said that yeah, I was talking to somebody and they asked me if I was racist. I said no, I got four black tires and a colored TV. I was like <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> it's ridiculous. Man. Man. Yeah. But I anyways, mean, anyways, but go, honestly, go ahead. On, on that, on that, <sighs> on that note, I would say a lot of young people have left the church because of the church's lack of what is that? The church's lack of progressiveness. Yeah, right? yeah. And the thing is, um, we know the church's race, racial past. Um, we, we we all know. We don't have to rehash that. Um, and the thing is. Um, a lot of people, especially black people, want to be affirmed, want to be recognized, right? For instance, I'll give you an example. Philip, you know what I'm talking about. There was a specific preacher who did a sermon on Halloween, right? And um, mm. 
He was he, he was doing good. He had did a little bit of research, and I could tell he had done a little bit of research, right? And um, so he was doing good. Some of, drink, I, some, drink. Some, 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 some of the things was a little out there, but he was doing good. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he said, uh, he said the word black. And I was just like, okay. And then he said, black lives matter. He said, this is not about a color. He said, this is divination. I said, What? This man equated racial justice, advocating for equality. He, he equated that as divination, as demonic. So I'm sitting here thinking a young person, whether they're black or white or Mexican or whatever, they're going to hear that and they're going to be like, huh? Hmm. That's not okay. Yeah. You know, like, I wonder, does he feel the same way about the KKK? I'm, I'm just curious. He didn't. He didn't bring up the KKK, but he sure. He when he he said he I got the I'll, hey I'll send you guys the, the the video in the chat. Um, but yeah, like it was. I was floored. I've heard some crazy things come. But up you see me. that that right there. That's exactly why some people are just like I don't want to want to go to church. That right there. That right mm-hmm. there. Because like you, you you start getting off on this stuff that's. Really, like a to, heaven or to, hell issue to a certain group of people, it'll sound like gospel, mm-hmm. but to the Ooh. majority, it's keep going, not yeah, keep, See, going, keep going, keep going, Philip. Keep that's going. a big thing is like that. Uh, almost like some churches are like almost like cliques of people that just think the same way. It's an echo chamber, yes. Well, it shouldn't just be people that think the same way, it should be right. we believe the, the, the gospel now, whatever. Yes. Social justice issues you want outside of that is your opinion. That's what you yes. say. And whether yes. I agree with it or not has nothing to do with the gospel itself. All we are required to agree on is the gospel. Yes. Exactly. exactly. And, 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 and I didn't say the Bible. I said the gospel. Yeah. We are required uh, to be Christian, to qualify as Christian, you have to believe in Jesus. Yeah. All right. You. I mean, that's that's kind of a no-brainer. You have to believe in certain characteristics as far as it pertains to loving each other and to taking care of your neighbor. All of the things that Jesus taught. Uh, but beyond that, we don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. And I think that in many cases, what you just said is people take things as gospel without even really digging into what is the gospel actually all about. Well, is our church actually preaching the gospel? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like um, very important. Um, another reason I think millennials are leaving the church is because of the cult-like mentalities or straight-up cults. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all all know like our background. Y'all know all that. And um, if you've ever studied cult mind tact- like tactics, you would know like. Mm. But, <laughs> but a lot of folks, a lot of folks don't like our our younger generation. They don't like. We don't like to be in a cult like in a hive mindset that hive mindset and that cult-like mindset. Mm-hmm. And so you have, that's why there's so many denominations, because you got so many, you got this group right here. 
that their pastor preaches you need to wear your hair in a bun at all times. That's the gospel. No, it's not the gospel. That's your preference. Okay. You got this group over here that says um, uh, that you can't wear a skirt above the mid uh, length of your knee. That's the gospel. No, that's your preference. You know, and it's all these preferences, all these yeah. preferences. And you got and you got people in order for you to be widely accepted in those organizations, you have to be of that hive mindset. And if you are a thinker and you you read your Bible and, and you hear people say things across the pulpit that say that and you're just like, no, that's not in the Bible. People automatically reject you because you're not a part of that cult life mindset. And so a lot of millennials are just like, I don't want to be a part of that. I just want to love God. I want to love people. That's what I want to do. I don't want all this extraness, all this extra yes, foolishness. Yes, yes, You know what I'm saying? And a lot of millennials are just, just, uh, you know, in the military, we have a saying they're pulling chocks and they're taking off. Like they're, they're, they're done. They're just done yeah. with all the foolishness, all the, all the, the all the craziness. You know? Um, yeah. Uh, and, and it's like it's like I mean, how many times have you heard, uh, uh, especially our like our pre, like the previous generation, like our parents' generation, or even before that, especially before that, they'll be like, yeah, them yeah, they shouldn't have colored lights in church; they look like the club, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. like a, you have, a, a traditional you have a guitar. Thing. You shouldn't have a guitar in church. Right? Or no drum set. That's yeah. that rock and roll. You can't have right. that, yeah. that rock and, roll. and I and I know we're talking more so of the super old generation. And that's not widely accepted anymore. But I was in a church at one point. My buddy Aaron knows what I'm talking about. But I played the drums. And, you know, uh, there's – depending on how you grew up and the music you listen to, there's a different – when you play the drums, there's a different persuasion. So me, you know, I'm playing drums. And I'm – Got a little soul I'm got a little soul, you know, I'm got a little funk, a little bit, you know? got a little, little funky, you know, putting some John P. Key in there, you know, Franklin. And so, you know, everybody's like, oh, you play so well. But, you know, they go behind my back and they'd be like, he's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I like, have been there. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm like, it's an acoustic drum set. And the thing is, is if both of you play drums, when the anointing hits, it hits and you the just volume you just, rises. You just play. It's not it's not showmanship. It's not you act it's not you in your flesh. When the anoint when you're playing an instrument, and people who don't play music won't understand this, but when the anointing hits you while you're playing the instrument, you it it just it's on another level. Like it's why, it's a lot different. Why do you get to scream when you preach because you're anointed? But yes, I don't sir. get to play Loudly, <laughs> you up there hollering, you up there hollering, up in there, like up here, sounding like you got laryngitis up here, mm-hmm. but... laryngitis up there hollering. Uh, yeah. When anoint, but when the anointing hits me and I, you know, hit the toms a little bit harder, or I, you know, do a just a random fill that somehow fits, and I end up on the one, you know, that's me acting like I'm in my flesh. So it's like. Stuff like that, a lot of young people are just like, huh? Like, you look at the churches that have all the young people. What do you got? You got lights. You got the new songs. You got homeboy on the back on the drums chopping it up. You got homeboy on the piano hitting them super fat chords. and Two, three and, guitars. 
two, three guitars, a bass player. And it's like, you know, people are like, well, that's that's worldly. And I'm and I, I have to pause them there. How is music theory worldly? Music theory is a universal language. Are so, so are we gonna ban scales in the church? Psalms 150 has a full band. A full band. Symbols, yeah. harps, horns. It was funny how I heard this one. Now, I mean, this is kind of an extreme case of traditionalism, but I, I heard this one guy explain that the reason why we clap on the one and the three is because oh, yeah. when you start clapping on the yeah, two and yeah, the yeah, four, you start getting a little rhythm, and then, you know, you want to dance, like, dance a certain way and stuff like that, or <laughs> a worldly beat, you know? I'm like, what? I will so we go got on now. record. I will go on record to say clapping on the one and the three is absolutely more demonic. <laughs> Blasphemous. Oh. That is absolutely more demonic. Crazy. Like when we would go up to Indiana, bro, they'd be one and three. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? Okay, he's like, going too far. <laughs> like, I remember being six, seven years old. I'm like, what are they doing? This is not right. <laughs> it's one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. That's it. Not one, two, three, four. Like no. But uh, but I mean, this is a prime example. <laughs> this is a prime example of how people take their preferences <laughs> and try to make it gospel. Make it gospel, exactly. That's, that's a perfect example. Like you can clap on the one and the three if you want to. I may not like you as much, but you can do that. I'm yeah, clap. I'm gonna clap on the two and the four. Am I any less right? Well, of course I'm right, but you know. <laughs> you people that right. clap, people that clap on the one and the three, absolutely put raisins in the potato salad. No, no question. That's... One thousand percent facts. Oh, That's great. Man. They think playing I Spy is a fun game. No, it's not fun. But anyway, um, but it's just it's just more of a like I, I've just seen that extremism. And it's like, for instance, um, you know, again, that I'm talking, speaking of that prior experience, I would wear, um, I started buying, a, I bought a couple of suits and I bought a couple of shirts and I bought a really bright lime green shirt. Um, and I had a really, um, had a nice blue, dark, super dark blue shirt. And so, you know, I went up on stage and, you know, played the drums and, you know, everybody came and did their hypocritical, oh, you did so good. We love you. And then <laughs> behind my back, they were like, he looks like a highlighter. That's so disrespectful. Like Philip, you remember when we remember when I went up to your remember when I went to your wedding and we wore gray charcoal suits, burgundy shirt, burgundy tie, and those burgundy converse. Yeah. So I wore that same outfit when I got back. And uh -oh. oh man, they were like, uh -oh. he is so disrespectful walking up on the platform. Fleshy tennis shoes. I was and no, but nobody told me this. Nobody told me this. This is all behind my back. My buddy had to tell me. Like he sat me down. He's like, "All right, so let's 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 uh, deconstruct all this." But yeah, like I found out that I was it was of the devil for me to wear sneakers. Like the converse, the converse, they go with anything. But it's that but here's that that that's that's another thing that that maybe we I mean we might not have enough time to get into like deep into mm -hmm. that. But another I feel like another reason why some millennials have kind of left at least the tr really traditional churches. And went to like 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 Justin said. There's a reason why you know a Lakewood and Elevation and, and you know places like that are a little more 
popular among millennials to go or at least be a part of is because they kind of promote like be who you are you know that we have, we have we have some standards of course but be who you are and then you know the rest of the traditionalism will kind of get rid of that i've seen like i mean and obviously every church is different and every pastor has their own rules and you know i respect that you can you can do as you wish but you know you got some of these places that are like you got to wear this you got to wear that um uh oh, we got a comment. If you don't wear a white shirt with your suit, you're going straight to hell. Straight. Like, remember, and, um, and it's almost like, uh, and also in church, it's like if you do, you know, wear a nice, a nice little white shirt with your little navy blue suit, and you got that perfect hairdo. I mean, I ain't got hair, but I mean, you got you got that, mm-hmm, you know, you got that going on, and it's almost like you're looking the part of a like Pentecostal. We can talk. We can talk about ministry in another live, but it's like so many people are pretending. You know, they just want as long as you look the part. As long as you look the part, you say something that's you say something that's uh, unintelligible. I like can't tell what it says, and you run around, and yeah, you're you're what's going on. Yeah. So you know, now, and I've had people. When go ahead. you do that, spiritual growth becomes something you can imitate. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, that's sir. a thing, you know. Like some people, like just want to look the part, but they don't actually want to go deeper. You know, they don't want to want to actually embody uh, and- the the principles. I won't even say that that's it's always that they don't want to go deeper as much as in many traditional cultures, we teach that that is the deeper. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. They're accepted. They're accepted once they do right. things. Yeah. So when, because we only affirm their spirituality when they do X, Y, and Z. So once mm-hmm. we can't see them anymore, we're like, oh, what man, you've grown so much because you don't do this or because you don't do this, or at least because we don't see you do that. And we affirm that as growth. So in many cases, it's not that the people don't necessarily want more. They don't know that there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'll just say this, especially if we're in a scenario where our version of the more that is available, it makes it so unattainable. Mm-hmm. Then what ends up happening is that the we end up just going for what is easily attained. And that becomes a look. That becomes... So we're not actually teaching spiritual principles at all. We're teaching physical principles that is confirmed things that you can conform yourself into and there's no inward transformation. It is all outward confirmation, which is a part of the socialization of the church construct. Yeah. As, as, as like the military that. as the military has it's the military has this term called the whole airman concept. Oh my and God. it's yeah, I, I hate it too. I hate it too. But it's it's the whole air the whole person, I'm gonna say the whole churchy con concept. Um where that they, they may have the outside, right? They may have outside. They may have the volunteer in the military. You have to volunteer and do school, right? That'll make you stand out. Well, volunteer, do could, school, lead. But this if you brand if all you do is if all you do is lead bake sales, and all you do is is go volunteer at the the shat at the homeless shelter to give food, but you don't come to work, 
and do and your you don't and you don't know your job you're not you're not the whole airman you're not you, 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 does that make sense yeah yeah like and it's the same thing in church everybody thinks like oh if i you know get on the praise team and i you know i get me a really tight suit that's too small for me and i do my hair to where i look like a medium medium <laughs> medium do my hair where i look like a rooster and you know and i schmooze <laughs> the right people and and i whenever the pastor gets up and preaches i'm the Leave loudest one in the building them alone. and i'm the one jumping around popcorn jump popcorn jumping Leave and leave them I'm alone just, and i'm just like bro that is not it that's not all of it and then and then and, you know, and it's not i'm not trying to judge anybody but then you find out that they're 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 wilding when you don't see them at church I've seen I've seen many of the people that pretend to be spiritual be going to you know Hooters. I've heard they be they be going to Hooters on the weekend. You know mm-hmm. I'm like go oh, all right. It, it, it's almost like you know it, it, like like you're see, not gonna you're not gonna order takeout. If you, you're just gonna go in there. <laughs> imagine imagine seeing like you know well, somebody in 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 Jordans and some Nike joggers. You know they dripped out during the week. You know when they're living their life. You know they love the Lord. Doing everything, everything right. You know, they come to church on Sundays, looking in the, you know business casual with their suit, whatever. Versus if you see somebody else in the middle of the week and they walk around with jeans, a sport coat, a dress coat, and dress shoes, looking tacky. But you, you automatically, your mind goes to, oh, that guy must be more spiritual, you know, than the than the guy that's wearing Jays and some joggers and his hat backwards like me. Yeah. So like, like so, I'm I'm going to hell. Just off of this, I'm going to hell right now. Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. I mean, we far have thou fallen. Big no no. Big no no. You don't want oh, your shorts, head. shorts too. Oh, shorts send you straight to hell. Oh <laughs> never mind, I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> I knew I knew what you're about to say. I knew what you're about to say too. But I mean that actually alluded to what Justin was saying was like it's almost like spirituality can be imitated. And stuff, and it's not genuine, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and the, the thing is, is, is the older saints, like the you know your pastors and your bishops, they can tell when it's genuine. They can yeah. tell if you, they can tell if you have a prayer life. They they can tell one thousand percent. But it's the people, um, the you know I like to call it Pentecostal rock star culture, where you got everybody coming up to you, shaking your hand, patting on the back, liking all your videos on Facebook. Oh, you're such a talented person, blah 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 blah. But you got the elders in the back. They see you. They see you. They see you. Mm-hmm. They know you're wilding. They know that that it's not real. It's just an act for you, you know. So, and I think a lot of millennials see that. They'll see people. They'll know intimate details about how people really live when they're outside of the church. Um, you know, not doing millennials are good. Not doing their preaching. Information behind the like scene. millennials. We, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. We got the tea. Like we got. The oh, tea. we got the tea. You won't say nothing, but we, we just be over, we'll be over here like Kermit, like mm. mm-hmm, just we just we, we just up there just like mm, okay, you do you boo, you know. But a lot of millennials see that and they're just like, I don't want to have any part of that. Yeah, not 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 that it's the gospel, not that it's the gospel that's running them away. It's them seeing people propagate the gospel, saying, oh, it changed my life, when in fact they haven't been changed, they haven't been delivered. They're doing all this shouting, doing all this dancing and there's no deliverance and there's people who see that and so it launches questions in their mind like is this real is this true or is this all a scam to fill somebody's pockets with money Mm -hmm. you know yeah um we got another comment she uh uh, becky barrett said i think some people fool their pastors because they treat their pastor as an idol and that's well yeah yeah that is true. true you know sometimes 
you can't really when somebody is giving you your praises and all that kind of stuff it's it's hard to see through them yeah because and pastor worship yeah. is a real thing pastor worship oh is absolutely huge. absolutely yeah, because they made they're made into celebrities, and some of the guys, some pastors are very humble, but sometimes the culture, depending on what church movement you come, sometimes the culture kind of puts an over honoring of the clergy, um, which just leads to that whole celebrity pastor type thing. Because while we ought to always hold ministry in high esteem, um, there are some church cultures which just overly honor and almost deify clergy. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Which, you know, obviously that's going to lead to uh, the overpraising because you feel like that's how you're supposed to be. You know, so I think what we have to start doing, and I know we got to wind down, is just to kind of tie back into this people coming back and what we can do better is let's stop equating spirituality to churchiness. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe this means that we need new pastors. Yeah. Maybe this means we need new leadership teams. Maybe this means we need new churches. Mm -hmm. um, there needs I to think be a shift. There has to be, and I believe it's begun. I think that 2020, especially, has been a year that has forced certain things to change based off of necessity. Yes. Um, in addition to the fact that, and this isn't a good thing, but it's also, I, I, it's just a part of life, I guess, that a lot of the fathers and mothers are dying. And that is, if nothing else, that is forcing the shift. It is making other people stand up. And my prayer is that the people who begin to fill their shoes are people who um, have an understanding of what is necessary to serve God and the people of their generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I also would pray for the fathers and mothers. I heard a bishop say something earlier today that, man, this thing messed me up. It's Bishop Ronald Godby out of North Carolina. And this man said, Elisha was never supposed to catch Elijah's mantle. He said the mantle was supposed to be placed on him. Mm. Wow, yeah. And what we have done I can go is a whole 30 minutes made, on that. <laughs> I said, wait a second. Then we yeah. have yeah. forced a generation to chase after us and watch me and do what I do mm. instead of saying, you have an anointing and calling on your life. You have a gifting on your life. So instead of me making you chase me all the way until my end, let me place this mantle on you and train you up in your anointing. Exactly. I'm not going to make you be me. Super. Yeah. I'm not going to make well, you wait until I can't do anything else. I'm going yeah. to empower and enable you yeah. to be you. Mm -hmm. Be you. Preach like you. Talk like you. Yeah. Don't talk like them. Like, 
I, I see so many people chasing after mantles, you know, and, you know, you got some preachers, they got more armor bears than they do socks. Like they, they just, it's, they, you got people. More chasing. armor bears than armor. <laughs> yeah. Like they got people chasing after the mantles. And the thing is, is, is those people, and we should talk about ministries someday. But about the thing that. is, is our next topic. The thing is, is, is they need, they need to sit those youngins down and say, Hey, don't follow me. Don't copy me. I will mentor you. But what I need you to do before I start mentoring you and I start pouring into you, you need to get a prayer life. You need to fast and you need to study your word. Before I can pour into you and all that kind of stuff, you need to do that. Because all we, we got, we got people who are just following after and chasing after mantles and just copying what they see instead of it being Instead of it as a, a Brian Carr and a preacher, it instead of it coming out of your belly, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, um, I, I guess we'll go into mind down here. We've been going for a minute, but yeah. um, uh, I definitely um, f- for the topic at hand, uh, talking about why we think uh, millennials has kind of made a mass exodus from the church. Um, I'll just go ahead. I guess I'll go ahead and start with my closing remarks. Uh, I mean, on, on, on behalf of the people that have been hurt by the church, I'm sorry. Yeah. That wasn't God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't godly. Uh, it, the way your situation was handled could have been handled better. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I hope that that doesn't affect how uh, you see God. I hope that doesn't affect how you see um, ministry um, and, and how you see uh, the people that are that are in church that are genuinely good people and they want to help and they want to love and they want to spread the gospel, but because of uh, somebody else's actions in your in, in your life and you know, in your lane has you know affected how you view people. Um, I just hope that you would have a conversation, and, and I implore church people to also uh, have conversations. Yes, you don't you don't always have to bring people to a big big convention. You don't need to. Uh, 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 palm their forehead and, 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 and holler at them. You know, sometimes you just got to sit them down and have a conversation and just mm-hmm. pour yes. into them. Um, yeah. And, and, and that, that can, that can, that can proceed a lot of reconciliation with people yes. and going on Facebook and just saying, well, they're not kingdom minded or they're just backslidden or mm-hmm. this and that, or they've never been true believers in the first place. You know, there's nothing positive that will ever come of that. Um, it's important that we just have a conversation yes, and it, you, don't have sure. to be a, you don't have to be a minister to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to uh, find somebody and then call up pastor. You know, you can have a, you can have that conversation with somebody and, and that can precede that uh, their deliverance. Um, so Absolutely. I'll, I'll pass it to Justin. If you have anything else you want to say. Um, I'll, I'll just close with this. I, I want to say um, to everyone who may have found themselves um angered because their questions weren't answered and you wouldn't found answers elsewhere. I want you to know that um, every Christian isn't like that, that there are people and pastors that will answer your questions. And, you know, I said people and pastors because you don't have to get every answer from people. Uh, I want you to know if you have been wounded by the church that that's not a reflection on Christ. And I understand, I, I want to say this as a gospel minister myself who believes in church, I understand if you need a break. Mm-hmm. I get yes. that. I understand mm-hmm. that. And that's okay. 
God isn't God isn't upset with you because you took a break from church, but don't don't take a break from God. Absolutely. I'd encourage you to maintain your prayer life. I just maintain your connection to the spirit and maintain, even if you're not in attendance, maintain connections to good Christians. Um, and also, if you've been wounded by people in church, I want to provide you with this. Not all of them were malicious. Not all of them were trying to hurt you. Most of them did what they did with well intentions, bad execution. They may be, be a, they might be a victim themselves of bad doctrine or of hurt that they were told that that was the way to handle that situation and they passed that on to you. So I want you to understand that the bitterness that you hold doesn't do either one of you any good. And I want you to free yourself of bitterness. And trust me, God can heal you. Even if you need a break, even if you need distance, seek healing. Seek healing. And uh, that would be be my uh, closing remarks. Caleb? Your uh, I got so I got I'll speak to two audiences here to the audience that has been hurt um, again, like Philip and Justin said, I'm sorry. All right. If you haven't talked about it, if you haven't worked through it, my inbox is open, as I'm sure Philip and Justin's inboxes are open. If you want to talk through it, you want to have a conversation. We are here for you. We will listen to you. We will affirm you. And if you want advice, we will give it to you. But we just want you to know we love you and we want you to understand that, yes, you have been hurt. Your hurt is valid. Your grievance is valid. Stay the course, as Justin said, stay prayerful, stay connected to God and stay connected to good people. Stay connected to good people. To the other audience, to the uh, traditional ones, to the traditional church that – think that we're just on here bumping our gums and that the the folks who left the church, they were culturally minded instead of kingdom minded. This is what I have to say to you. Have some empathy. Have some empathy. Something bad may have happened to you long ago and you decided to just suck it up and not say anything. Well, I'm sorry. This is 2020. That's not how it's going to go anymore. People are realizing what affects them. People are understanding that trauma Un, unattended to is very dangerous to somebody's mental health and to somebody's just overall well-being. So what I challenge the traditional crowd that think that we are not, we don't know what we're talking about, have a conversation. Start by, in your churches, start by um, having an, a, an environment that encourages people to come forward and speak freely of what's going on with them. Okay, because the longer we have that 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 church culture where before we walk in the church doors, we put on our mask, our uh, figurative mask, that's not going to do anything to facilitate healing. That's not going to do anything to foster a culture of deliverance in your church. So to the older crowd that doesn't see an issue, all I say is have some empathy and try to encourage an environment of conversation and deliverance. Love you. Good stuff. Well, brother Justin, brother Caleb, appreciate y'all for joining me on this. Been a pleasure. Thanks for your pleasure. It's always been. It's always a good time with you too. So appreciate it. Thanks everybody for tuning in and for all the great comments. And uh, we'll see y'all next time.
Uh, we will also we will also um, be doing this tentative next Thursday around the same time. So um, just to give you all we're, that's going to be our schedule. So if you guys want to tune in and listen to us again, we will be doing this next Thursday with a different topic. So love you guys and hope to see you all again. Thanks for joining. Thank you.